It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to The So So Show with Visit Southampton. Light up your social life. It's a weekly look at life in the SO postcode hosted by her, Zoe Hanson. And him, Simon Clark. Now this week, we try a new dining experience in Southampton. It's a treat. Uh, it's just like something that you might not eat it every day, but just like when you just want to have a treat, it's a, it's a good thing to have. And first aid for three-year-olds. It's better to know it and not need it than to need it and not know it. Is it me? Or has the novelty of a bank holiday weekend completely gone? <laughs> Is it lockdown that's completely tarnished it? Because last yes. weekend, I didn't want to do anything apart from just sleep and chill. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I know, but then you feel guilty because you haven't gone out and because you've stayed in for two years. And I totally get that. It's almost like a bank holiday is very much like sunshine. You feel guilty that you're not outside. Completely. But you can't be bothered to go outside. Absolutely, that is it. <laughs> so when when my kids were younger, it would always be, we've got to do something. Yeah. It's a bank holiday. They're not at school. I've got to go somewhere. Even if it was just a, a walk at 100 Acre Woods or down by the uh, the Eastleigh Lakeside Railway or something yeah. like that. We always had to do something on a bank holiday weekend. Of course. And, and now, just like the teenagers themselves, all I want to do is just veg out and chill and sleep. <laughs> and it's entirely lockdown's fault. There's another thing we can blame COVID for. Yes, exactly. You've tainted our holidays. So, bank holiday weekend, you do feel like you've got to do something. So we were up and out at nine o'clock, going to hockey on the Saturday. On the Sunday, I was invited down to some with some friends down to Pitcher and Piano in Ocean Village. By the time we got there, they'd finished lunch. Now, there was about, I don't know, about 20 people. So all couples and then kids and whatever. And once... The kids had started to get a bit rowdy in pitcher and piano. You go, ooh, what shall we do now? Because everybody's out on a Sunday having a good drink because they've got no work tomorrow. And we were trying to work out where we could go. Genius idea comes to mind. Enjoy. Right. So it's got a soft play. It's got climbing walls. It's got trampolines. It's got a bar. <laughs> and it's all within walking distance of the bar that you've been in previously. Exactly right. Now, there were a few looks because there was a fair amount of beers drunk there as the kids are just off and we're like ignoring them and trying to... No, I'm not your mother, right? Go and play. <laughs> but we went to enjoy and I posted up a picture of me with a beer in the soft play and people are like where is this magical place <laughs> so i remember when i had little kids then the exciting thing about soft play was if it did really nice coffee and cake yes that was the big swing so monkey business for example uh -huh. the whole usp was built around having really good coffee and cake so when one opened in eastley i was beside myself with joy yeah skip forward 10 years has it got a bar? <laughs> Does my good friend Stella and her associate, Mr. Artois, work there? Yes, absolutely. Sign me up. So as much as the kids had a great time and we had beers, we did get to the point where we were all thrown out. Not, not thrown out because of any behaviour, <laughs> but because they'd shut. <laughs> I mean, it's so typical to be in a bar when it shuts. Do they have a time bell? 
for uh, soft play area bars. Yes, very much so. And I was all up for, come on, let's go to the London, like I normally do when a bar shuts. Anyway, we, we went over to the Weatherspoons there just for a quick drink. But you could see, you could see people's faces as we walked in the door with 10 children of them going, you have got to be kidding me. We're out for bank holiday and you're bringing all of them in here. So we went back and, and, and had a bit of a party at somebody's house. We had a brilliant time. But yeah, enjoy. Don't forget it. It's got a bar. Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. One more thing about bank holiday, though. You know that we've got another bank holiday. Well, there's about 54 of them coming up this month, isn't there? So the Jubilee bank holiday, it falls in half term. So not only did we have a three-day weekend, we had an extra day as well off school because... The bank holiday falls in half term, so the school were able to take another bank holiday, not an inset day, another bank holiday and tag it on to the end of this one. So this week, she was off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wow. In the last month, because of Easter holidays as well, in the last month, she's been to school nine days. No way. I swear. (laughs) I swear. I'm going out of my mind. Even Mike Litland said, I think we need a break from each other. (laughs) Let's talk about first aid and children. Not things you get in the same sentence normally, but then Vanessa has come along. She runs Mini First Aid Southampton, and as the name suggests, they teach children very basic first aid, but they also teach it to parents too. So Mini First Aid is to teach first aid mainly to uh, parents, and we cover baby and child first aid, but we also go to schools and teach the children, and it's from the ages of three up. So what would you teach a three-year-old then? The importance of the special number, 999. So we tend to use a teddy with them and they get to uh, put uh, plasters on, on the teddy. They can also learn the importance of knowing where they live as well. So if they had to ring 999 because their grown-up is poorly, they would be able to tell them their address as well. And then when you go up a bit further, so let's say primary school age, so let's say I have a seven-year-old, what would you teach them? Is it something a little bit different? So from seven years, so we say key stage two, they get to actually practice the choking and uh, CPR techniques on a mannequin as well, as well as uh, also the importance of ringing the number and knowing their address because the the classes I've done before with some of the children I find it amazing how they still don't know where they live uh, even at that age even older children as well so it's for them to be able to understand that they can help someone especially if it's a grown-up in their home as well and then when you teach parents or grown-ups what are you teaching them and why are you teaching it this is for peace of mind for the parents and the um, classes that we do baby and child first aid anyone's welcome to come to the classes but the main people we seem to get in are the expectant parents new parents or even grandparents and it is as i said for peace of mind so they know what to do if if there if there was an emergency because They don't need to be qualified first aiders, uh, so they don't need to go for the longer course, but they will get that peace of mind and 
from the reviews and the feedback I've had, it's been wonderful and it's a great feeling to teach it. I know that when my little one was a baby, I went and did a first aid course for children. And you're right, it is that peace of mind. It's it's knowing that I think I would know some of what to do. You know, I mean, I'm not I wasn't practicing daily, but but it was knowing, okay, this is what I do in this situation. Yes, and we also encourage uh for the parents to have a go with the mannequins. Sometimes they don't, you know, they don't feel comfortable, but I find it not just by observing it, but if they actually physically try it, that memory muscle stays and and it's amazing how from from previous um, incidents and we share stuff on, on mini first aid all the time of parents that unfortunately have had to go through having to do an emergency but they have gone straight back to the class that they attended whether it's with me or someone else and thought I remember ex- exactly what I was taught and they do it, which is amazing. We have a little saying and it's um, it's better to know it and not need it than to need it and not know it. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. So at which age would you start teaching CPR? Because CPR is, seems to be sort of the thing that I've always thought that everybody should learn it. Yeah. But I don't know if I would be confident doing it. You know, there's lots of defibrillators all over the city. It's one of those things that I think everybody should know. But at what age do you start doing that? We start with CPR, so showing the techniques from, yeah, seven, eight years old for them to have a little practice. Anyone younger physically, they may not be able to do it. And it it can be a bit disheartening if they try it and they think, oh, actually, I'm not strong enough to do it. But again, even if they observe it, it's it's something that they could probably relate to someone else to do it. And you mentioned about defibrillators. They are to be used by the public and that's what they're there for as well. So don't be put off if you were in an emergency and you got asked, do you know where your nearest uh, defibrillator is? And get to know where your local defibrillator is because you may need to use it one day. And have you ever been caught in a situation where you go, okay, it's all right, I know how to do this? Not in the sense of the CPR. Thankfully, I've not had to do that uh, yet and hopefully never. <laughs> but uh, in fact, I had... Um, one of my one of my sons he had a birthday party to go to and it was a trampoline center and two of his friends ended up with a nosebleed and both mums straight away came to me it was like Vanessa can you please help and it was great well great in the sense that oh, yes I can help I'm here I happened to be wearing my uniform at the time as well because I'd done a class that morning and I hadn't had the chance to get changed it's a great advert yeah it, it is and the people do sometimes ask that as well oh what's that what's mini first aid but um, it was for them to, to have me there was I think it was a bit of peace of mind for them too <laughs> so that's Vanessa who runs mini first aid Southampton and I am thinking do you know what I might book one of her courses oh really well I've got a team of DJs who work for me yeah quite often we're the only sober people at parties yeah yeah <laughs> so if something was to go wrong I think it would be really good for us to know what to do in those situations so I'm thinking I might uh, book Vanessa for a, for a group session that'd be really good and, and teach my guys the basics especially as you point out there are defibrillators everywhere yes and there are only and... experience of how to use them is watching casualty right exactly I would not know what to do now apparently you ring them and they talk you through the whole thing but ugh, it frightens the life out well, of me with everything else that's going on at that precise moment in time if you felt confident you knew what you were doing yeah 
that would immediately make things a lot easier. That's a great idea. The So So Show. Whilst on the one hand I might be getting a bit fatigued with bank holidays, yeah. we have got another big one looming. Yes. I like the fact that the... The, the government or the nation has a couple of days off, but they tell you why you're having a party. I like that. <laughs> Give you a reason for it, you know. It's not just an extra day off. Here's the party. Here's your theme. <laughs> I need to get back into this whole thing about enjoying bank holidays a bit more because not only is this an extra bank holiday, but it also is a pretty significant event. It's going to be one of the most significant British historical events of the 21st century, really. Yeah. About it. So, have you got a street party planned? If there is, they haven't told me about it. <laughs> so there's every chance. <laughs> there's a couple of people I know at the other end of the street who probably already have plans in place, but they'll just keep it between the three houses. Oh. Which is absolutely cool. I don't have a problem with it. So, we have a street party on my street. How lovely is this? So about two months ago, I love people that are that organised. About two months ago, they came round all of the houses and just had a chat to everybody and said, right, on the 3rd, we're going to have a party. We're asking for like five quid so we can decorate the whole place, get all the tables out there, get a big barbecue going. You can have a sausage or a burger and... I just think that's rather wonderful. It's amazing, the community spirit in your street. You celebrate anything, though. You know what? In the last two years, of course, we've got to know our neighbours a little bit more. It all came from that Thursday going out to clap for the carers. Mm. And my street's really sort of taken it to heart and got to know everybody. And I love that we're just putting this on now. And I remember two years ago, it was the VE Day anniversary and celebrations and actually it was the first time that we put out the so-so show wasn't no, it because we we launched um, on that day we interviewed gene in um, bitten yes who remembered ve day perfectly because she was a wren at the time everybody wanted to get involved on that day you know sitting out in their gardens having a little picnic socially distanced we haven't said that for a while no. right i really love that everybody's sort of taken this to heart and i think you should celebrate all of these things in fact talking of our second birthday hold on there stay there stay there i've made something have you i just noticed that you've got a sooty, a sweet, and a sue puppet. Of course. I mean, I know you're a little bit obsessed with um, well, sooty. Oh, of course, they're Lois's. Mmm. Just for the uh, purpose of the podcast, she's just come back into the room, picked her phone up, and now she's gone somewhere else. Did I just hear something being lit? Am I supposed to look the other way? I'm going to look at Sooty and Sweep and Sue on the window. Um, Happy birthday to us. Oh. Happy birthday to us. Did you make that? Because <laughs> it sure as hell was a Mary Berry. <laughs> what do you reckon? It's very nice. <laughs> I reckon it might taste better than it looks. Should we find out? We just put the mug down. Hang on. I wouldn't eat that bit. <laughs> she says after it's already in my mouth. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> my culinary skills on show there. <laughs> Impressive. No, no, You're no. being very kind because nobody can see the cake right now. 
to think I suggested that we went to that place down by uh, by the bridge. Greg's. <laughs> no, what's it called? The Enchanted Cake Workshop. Um, whatever it is. Look, I slaved over that I last know, night. I know, I know, I know. And that's why I'm telling you it's really good. Because I appreciate the amount of effort and work that went into making that. Well... It it was mainly Litlan. Well, no, I can't tell. I can't say that. Like she she just put the mixer in the bowl and that was it. <laughs> I think I need some new cake tins. That might help. <laughs> that might help. Anybody that has set up a cake making company in lockdown, you are safe. <laughs> <laughs> you know when these people go on to Bake Off, you know, like the celebrity version, and they're so awful. <laughs> I reckon I take the biscuit. I'm just imagining what Sandy Toxvig's face would look like if you uh, <laughs> wheeled that out. It's all about Southampton. The So So Show. Just off Guildhall Square in Southampton, a new restaurant has opened its doors. Another new restaurant has come to the city. It's Blue's Smokehouse. Jean-Marc JM is the operations manager and he told Zoe all about it. It's all about good times. It's all about um, it's all about friends and I think that it's about time also after two years of a horrible uh, we can't share food, we can't touch each other's glasses and stuff like that. I think that it's time that, that he come back. Um, we've always been about just like big food, big platters, a lot of meat on the plate. Uh, then it's all about having fun, just nice beer, nice cocktail and just enjoying the, it's it's everything it's the music it's it's everything it's the it's it's really spending some time with your friend and uh, on with your family and the people you like i had to run down and grab you jm because um i could see that the band was setting up and i thought it might be a bit loud for us to record Fiona. but will there be bands on here lots i don't think that the band as such will be uh, lots uh, i think we will uh, the, we've got a good um, really good playlist uh, all american classic a lot of johnny cash a lot of uh, uh, things that are a bit more a bit uh, on uh, on everything we will do some uh, some live performance as well, but it's not it's not going to be it's not the whole idea is not to have um, uh, people there on a permanent basis. But yeah. those, those guys are, are really good. We work with them uh, uh, when we open Newbury, and they they are absolutely awesome. So what Blue Smokehouse do is it's like a smoke barbecue, right? It's an American smoke barbecue. Is that right? The barbecue in America is not what we uh, what we understand in uh, in Europe. It's smoked meat, so everything goes into the smoker. The meat never touches the flame. It's all kind of a, an induction cooking kind of thing so the the smoke tend to be on the the, the fire tend to be on the side on the heat of the fire just like cook the meats really really slowly um it, it take up to 16 hours to cook a pork butt on uh, on everything after a few hours the the the, the bark has set huh? on um on the, the the meat don't take any more smoke but it, it, it's a it's a process of um, cooking really slowly so the even after 16 hours you when you open the the, the pork butt for example it's so moist it's just like kind of a it's lovely it's just like a, it, it's a, it's something special it's a treat uh, it's just like something that you might not eat it every day but just like when you just want to have a treat it's a it's a good thing to have we've just had a platter we had ribs pulled pork beef brisket burnt ends oh my goodness it was so good i've got to say the brisket is my favorite well the brisket is also my favorite is it's it? just like a, i'm not gonna lie it's just like a, it is i mean i love ribs but brisket is always a, is always a special treat when it falls apart like that i mean it just melted it's just absolutely perfect now why bring blue smokehouse to southampton i think that we always been looking um at looking down south uh, more than up north we don't want to we 
we don't want to go too far from each other. So uh, I think that now we've got a triangle, which is basically a Newbury Bracknell on um, on Southampton. And I think that everything that we do more after will probably sat into that triangle because uh, it makes the operation a, a lot easier. We're lucky because probably three years ago, uh, we will not have been able to um, to open into the, where we are now. I think that there's, a, there's more um, trust in independent now on um, uh, that that are good, doing good things so that that's really good so that's that's one of the reasons we are here as, as well so I also wanted to mention because even though we are barbecue meat we do um, a vegan uh, brisket uh, we've got a vegan menu that we spend quite a lot of time to uh, uh, to tweak and to put together on and we really want to progress in that so basically everybody is welcome because the the whole thing about blues is just like is to be yourself and just like uh, whoever you are whatever you do it's just like uh, there's something for you there Jean-Marc JM, as he's known, the operations manager at Blue Steakhouse. I noticed that you didn't go for the veggie option. Why would you do that? Why would you go to a smokehouse and go for a veggie option? I mean, there is meat, meat, meat and meat. And it also (laughs) sounded fantastic as well, but I'm interested to know what veggie options they do. Do they have like a smoked nut roast? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Which is the token gesture when you know you've got veggie coming round for dinner. (laughs) What have we got? Oh, I know. Salad. I can tell you, though, it is superb in there. Absolutely incredible food. And the decor and the atmosphere in there, just so lovely. Just something completely different again, something completely new. I love it. It sounds like, it sounds a bit like, you remember Fatty Arbuckles back Mm -hmm. in the day? It Mm -hmm. sounds like a, a modern version of that. Yeah, yeah. Which they've absolutely pimped beyond its life. Yeah. In terms of massive portions of food. Yeah. Fantastic 50s and 60s blues music. Yes. It was it it's just stunning. Stunning place and it's right next door to Gin and Olive so you know how your night's going to go. Are all the staff absolutely mahusive? Because if I worked <laughs> there, I would be just picking <laughs> all the while. I would be grazing so much. Have you ever worked in a restaurant? No. Have you ever done So I used to be a waitress and I can't stand waste and I do it when I'm clearing the table after we've had dinner at home. If there's anything left, I'm like, oh, I'll just eat that rather than throw it away. But I always wanted to do it when I was a waitress. Yeah. I, I think, can... why haven't you eaten that? Those ribs are lovely. Being around a lot of weddings, mm. if you're at a party which has been catered by an outside caterer, there's always yeah. so much food left over. Right. And the days where I would leave with a massive pack of foil full of ribs and stuff like that. Bag of meat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I would just, I think, oh, I don't want it to go to waste. And then you get home and you just think, I really can't eat these cold ribs at one in the morning it's what just, is wrong with you simon it just it's on the one hand my brain is saying can't have that much waste on the other hand my brain is going you can't eat all of that <laughs> southampton's podcast the so so show i don't know where or how they come up with these sort of statistics but apparently southampton is one of the noisiest cities it's up there and the top three noisiest cities in the country. I reckon they came and did that survey on the day that they were recharging one of the ships at the docks. Because you remember we get that drone that you can right. sometimes hear across the whole Is of the city. Is that what they do? Apparently, Is it just a massive battery? Apparently it's the shorter ship generators recharging the uh, the, the ships. Oh, is it? Apparently, I thought it was a foghorn. Because if you leave the sh- engines running yeah. to generate the power, yeah. that obviously pollutes. Okay. So they have these big generators that keep everything ticking over. Okay. And that's what's making all the noise. 
Friends of mine have said it's probably you, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, the other day they came and did the survey was when you were out with 10 children on yeah. uh, that Sunday going from bar to bar. With one hand they give, with the other hand they take away. But we are the most generous city in the country as Aww. well for charity giving. And you know what? I, look, I take a little bit of credit for this because I went to um, Home Bargains in Eastleigh the other day and there was a guy... I could see him go towards the trolleys and then walk back and go, and he didn't have a pound. And I said to him, do you need a pound? And he said, well, yeah, but I've only got 75p. I said, ER, have a pound, (laughs) go on. And I saw him on the way round as well. And he said, I've got a pound in the car. I said, don't worry about it, it's 25p, you go for your life, mate. But saying about cash, just recently I've been quite embarrassed to try and pay for anything with cash because it feels so old-fashioned, doesn't it? Well, so many places now just don't take it. I know. It feels very strange. Does anybody go into a shop now and ask for cash back? My friend, Paul Gillies, oh, he cracks me up. He's so mischievous. I remember walking into the co-op on the high street in Southampton and he said, oh, can I have some cash back? And they said, yeah, how much would you like? He said, £17.62. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I've noticed post-COVID, along with the fact that no one's using cash anymore, is if you get a cold, yeah. it's ten times worse than it was before. Well, that's how it feels anyway. Okay. I have been treated like an absolute social outcast all week <laughs> because the cold I had last week on the podcast yeah. got significantly worse. Okay, And I was told, well, keep away from us. We don't want it. Don't go near the cat. Don't give the cat the cold. The cat? Yeah, apparently so. About 24 hours later, I was sat on the sofa at one end. Cat was down the other. Cat started sneezing. <laughs> how guilty Maybe he's did, allergic to you. How guilty did I feel? <laughs> and also, this cold just will not go. Will not. Foxtrot, Oscar, it's just hanging around. And You've done a COVID test. I've done loads of COVID tests because the cold is so bad, you think this can't just be a cold. Yeah. You don't even feel justified that you've got a bad cold because... The LFT comes back as negative. You better go back to wearing a mask. It's all about Southampton. The So So Show. Let's find out what's happening with Visit Southampton. Light up your social life. So Footloose is on at the Mayflower Theatre. And I've got... I probably shouldn't say it, actually. Jake Crickenden, who is hot, um, is starring in Footloose. I know where he's staying. Yeah, you probably shouldn't admit that. No, I shouldn't. For fear of sounding like a stalker. More celebs coming to Southampton. Boys Life, Keith Duffy and Brian McFadden, that is, are coming to HMV this Saturday, the 7th of May, 3 o'clock. They are signing their new album. Woo. Don't do that. What do you mean? We're all big fans. That sounded so sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like a 47-year-old man expressing his... Yes, his love for boys' life, yeah. Uh, Bishop Stoke players have a selection of one-act plays. This is on at Durley Memorial Hall. It's going to be great. May 26th to the 28th. Woo! They are, look, you gave that way more enthusiasm. <laughs> Well, that's another so-so show done and dusted. I love you, Keith, and I love you, Brian, just before we go any further. And happy birthday to us. Yeah. I can't believe I hadn't twigged that it was our second birthday. 
Yeah, so thank you for listening over the last um, two years. Yeah. And look, keep listening. Keep telling your mates about it. Follow us on socials. We've got another competition yeah. running right now to win an axe-throwing experience at Go Ape Southampton at Itchin Valley Country Park. So it's always worth following our socials and having your notifications engaged because there's always something good to win. Have a great week, Zoe. And you, Simon. And thank you for the last two years. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast, The So So Show.